always locked on heat. Biscayne, South Beach. Goldberg and Ramil. Talking heat body chill. Got the stats in the news. Got the facts in the views. Never know what they gon' say. Mailbag on a Monday. Pat Rouse got the pack round. Coach Spoke got the know how. Three bands in the raps now. Heat Nation, that's a packed house. Heat talk at the game time. Heat talk every day. I'm always locked on heat. Got it locked on heat. Always locked on heat. Keep it locked on heat. Seat geek for the cheek. What's the day got the heat? Locked on heat hopes. West Goldberg and David Ramil. It's October. Now, if you want to stress out about wins and losses, I get it. If you want to panic, okay. But remember, it's October. Now, Miami losing to the Timberwolves tonight. They dropped a two and four. They're they've lost three games on their six-game homestand. I get it. I get it. But it's October. It's October. And this is a team that is still figuring out a lot of things. And look, if you want to take some silver lining out of this game, you could point to the fact that they figured something out here. They figured a key part of what they're going to do this season. And that's who's going to close these games. Earlier in the week, we talked about the fact that the Heat don't have a closer. You look at the the loss against the Celtics. The Celtics have Kyrie Irving. That was their closer. The Spurs, they had LaMarcus Aldridge. They even have Manu Ginobili, who could take over for a couple minutes. The Heat, so far this season, didn't have anybody that could take over for a three- or four-minute stretch. Well, tonight, Deion Waiters took over. He ended up with 33 points in the game, but what was really impressive were the final eight minutes. The last three three minutes of the fourth quarter and the five minutes of overtime in which he scored 21 points, and he absolutely took the game over on both sides of the ball. With three minutes left, the Heat were down 104 to 97. They were down seven points. Waiter scores, and then on the very next play he gets a steal and then that leads to a dunk cuts lead to three a couple possessions later Dion waiters gets the switch he attacks taj gibson narrows the gap back to three on the next possession he forces jimmy butler to step out of bounds on on defense forces a turnover he get the ball back he makes a fadeaway jumper but the refs call a foul on kelly olenic at the end there they call or, or they call it on the, the Timberwolves who fouled Kelly Olenek at the end before Waiters put up the shot. Olenek makes the two free throws. On the next couple possessions, Waiters makes three out of his four free throws. And then, of course, he ties the game with a layup against Jimmy Butler in the last few seconds. For, tying the game at 110 apiece, forces overtime. He has another good overtime. He had 14 points in the fourth quarter. He had seven points in OT. 21 points in the final eight minutes. That is what the Heat have been missing all season. That's what the Heat could have used against Boston, against San Antonio. They got it against Minnesota. A lot of things didn't go their way, and they managed to stay in the game. And look, 
Minnesota. They're four and three. That's and they're that's a team that beat Oklahoma City. That is a team that has won really good games this season. That's a that's a good team. I mean, this is a team people were talking about winning fifty games in the West this year. I know that they haven't done much recently, but the Timberwolves are a better team than the Miami Heat. I don't care what floor they're playing on. I don't care if they're playing in Minnesota, if they're playing Miami. It doesn't matter. The Timberwolves are a better team than the Heat. They've got two top 15 players in Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. The Heat have zero. Andrew Wiggins is a good score for them. Jeff Teague is a fine point guard for them. They've got a crunch time five. Oh, they've got five guys who can get their shot. Between Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Butler... Jamal Crawford, and Teague. They've got five guys that can get their shot. Miami's crunch time lineup had a rookie center, an an undrafted player like Tyler Johnson. I mean, this is a team that they're not full of stars or even would be or could be stars like Minnesota is. Carl Anthony Towns is a franchise player. Jimmy Butler is a franchise player. Both of them are top 15 players. The Heat don't have that, and the Heat were able to manage to stay in this game. Now, this is Locked on Heat. It's your daily Miami Heat podcast. I'm Wes Goldberg. I'm without my normal co-host, David Ramil. All of that is what the optimist would say, and I'm optimistic about this team. I am an optimist about this Heat team. Like I said, it's October. It's not time to panic. The Heat lose 125 to 122 to the Minnesota in overtime. Miami showed some intensity. At the beginning of the game, something that they've been lacking. Eric Spolster has even said they've been lacking it. The players had a players-only meeting meeting to address things like that. And they came out with a lot of intensity in 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 the first part of this game. They were able to hold the Timberwolves to missing their first eight shots. Deion Waiters and Goran Dragic, Miami's backcourt, 7-11. They scored 10 of Miami's first 16 points. And Miami got out to a nice lead in the first quarter. They were outscored in the second quarter by Minnesota, 37-30. to um, And really what got Minnesota back into this game was a pair of runs. A pair of 12-point runs in the second quarter, a 12-0 run in the second quarter, and a 12-4 run in the third quarter. And that's really what got Minnesota back in it. Waiters was able to take over late in the game. But overall, it was those two runs that really did Miami in. And they had a couple runs of their own, especially there in the beginning and towards the end of the fourth quarter. But going back to what they were able to accomplish, they they if, if you had a checklist of things that Miami wanted to figure out this week, right? Two of the things on that checklist would be, let's find a crunch time score, check, Intensity and and focus at the beginning of games, check. One thing they didn't figure out was turnovers. They had 24 turnovers tonight. Spolster wants to keep that between 12 and 14 a game. They had 24, four of which came in overtime. That hurt. So you can't check that mock that you can't check box uh, check off that box yet. And the other thing that you can't check off is three point shooting. Miami was seven of 27, 25.9 percent from the three point range. If they were even just a little bit better, they'd win this game. But that's the problem with the Heat. They've been streaky. They've just been streaky from three-point range. Also, streaky at best. 
I mean, this is they entered the game with the fourth worst three-point shooting percentage in the league, and that certainly did not get any better. All right, we're going to get to our spotlight player. We're going to get to your comments and questions on Twitter, but first I want to talk to you about LockedOnHeat.com. That's right. Me and David, the guys who bring you your favorite Miami Heat podcast, we now have a website to write about the team. We'll have news, commentary, and analysis throughout the season. David and I were writers at heart, and so we're very excited to bring you this site. LockedOnHeat.com. Bookmark it, save it, whatever you got to do. LockedOnHeat.com. All right, let's get to some of your Twitter comments. This one comes from Taylor Monk on Twitter. I'm officially panicking. That six-game road trip is going to be brutal. I know this homestand wasn't easy, but even if it's not easy, we needed to win more than three of the six games, and that's assuming that we beat the Bulls. Spoilers work out. Look, I get it. I said it. I, I, I know if you want to panic, I understand. Miami is 2-4. and four. You have teams that like Detroit and Charlotte and Orlando that look good. But then you have teams like Golden State and the Cavaliers who have dropped should-win games already this season. This, it's a small sample size for everybody in the league. For every team. I mean, this isn't this isn't quite the big three starting nine and eight. But this is a team that is dealing with an injury to their best or second best player, Hassan Whiteside, depending on who you talk to. And a player who the defense is built around, the offense relies on for easy buckets at the rim. Uh, they're incorporating new players like Kelly Olenek. They're, they're play, a key player for them. James Johnson has, has struggled quite a bit offensively. Everybody has not shot well. And that's, we know that that's something that's contagious. It just seems that nobody on this team is shooting well. Everybody is below their averages, not only from last season, but for their career. Most of these guys are just below their career averages. If you don't, if you want to find some, some reason not to panic, just know that these guys will get back to their averages at some point. Mathematically, they will get better. It's going to happen. Um, I wouldn't panic yet. Look... The six-game road trip is important, but it's really the first 30 games that are very important. Uh, the first half of the season is where most of Miami's home games happen. Uh, they didn't get; they stumbled out of the gates. They did. It's not the end of the world. At the end of the, right now, this Heat team is just two games under 500 in a weak Eastern Conference. It's fine. Yeah, I know they have the six-game home uh, road trip coming up. But you know what the Heat do really well? Road trips. They're a good road team. It's okay. It's all right. We can look ahead at the schedule a little bit. Um, it's Chicago on Wednesday at home. That wraps up the six-game homestand. They need to win that game, and they'll be 3-3, three and three, hopefully, on the homestand. 3-4 and four on the season. Then they play, play at Denver on Friday, at the LA Clippers on Sunday, at Golden State Monday on a second night of a back-to-back, which isn't that bad. You fit, you usually pencil in a loss for the Warriors anyway. You usually pencil in a loss for the second game of a back-to-back anyway. You kind of get both of them out of the way for one loss instead of two. Wednesday at Phoenix, Friday at Utah, and then next Sunday at Detroit. That ro- wraps up the, the road trip. Those are all going to be difficult games with the exception of probably Phoenix. That should be a win. But Miami surprised us before. 
We'll see. Like I said, it's not the end of the world. Because even then, it's only the first 10 games of the season, guys. Or the only, only the first 13 games of the season, I should say. The Heat will figure this thing out. If I'm, if I'm panicking about anything, it's that this team isn't shooting well from three-point range. That's a problem. That's a problem. This team, and and I, I know that they'll get back to their averages, but then at some point they'll regress again. They'll shoot below their averages. That's what happens when you're full of streaky shooters. This is a team full of streaky shooters. That We know that. But if you can get a guy like Deion Waiters who can be your man, your go-to guy in, in, the, in crunch time, you get a guy like Goran Dragic who can set the tone at the beginning of games, and you get somebody like Whiteside back who can sort of stabilize things a little bit more, then all of a sudden things start to get better. They just need a contribution here and there from guys like Richardson, Wayne Ellington, Winslow, Tyler Johnson, James Johnson. They need more contributions from those guys. Uh, let's get to our next Twitter comment. Kevin says, Please discuss what the Heat should, the heat should do about the small forward spot. Clearly the Heat need more. Josh Richardson and Justice are good, but don't seem to be good enough. All right, well... Josh Richardson again started at small forward, struggled 2 of 10, shooting 1 of 6 from 3-point range, uh, only 5 points in the game, but he did have 2 steals, he had 2 blocks, and uh, he was Miami's, him and him and Justice Winslow, who play a lot in this game, were Miami's best perimeter defenders. Both of them were playing Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler a lot, and they were able to hold Jimmy Butler at a 5 of 13 shooting, just 16 points, and Wiggins... Was only seven of he scored twenty two points, but it took him twenty three shots to get those twenty two points. He was anything but efficient, uh, or he ended up seven of twenty three from the field, and that was because Richardson and Winslow played really good defense on both Butler and Wiggins. You can look at their offensive numbers if you want, but when on a night when Dragic scored eighteen points on eight of sixteen shooting, really got hot in the at the start of the game. Waiters got hot at the end of the game, ended up with thirty three points. Uh, Miami was able to get a big contribution from Kelly Olynyk off the bench. 23 points on 12 shots. He was great offensively. Uh, he made three of his three-pointers. You don't need a lot from Richardson and Winslow offensively. This, the Heat scored 122 points in four quarters in overtime. They scored enough points to win the game. Like, 122 points should be enough. They had 110 points in regulation. That should be enough. It should be enough. It wasn't because of Wiggins and Butler that Minnesota was able to score outscore them, right? That wasn't the problem. The problem was that a guy like Jeff Teague went set of seven of eighteen. Towns scored twenty points on eleven shots. That was the problem, and that wasn't Richardson and Winslow, right? That was that was some of the the reserve. That was Tyler Johnson, Goran Dragic, maybe not playing as bet, bet, as good defense he probably should have, uh, and missing, of course, Hassan Whiteside, which is why Towns was able to play so well. Um, that was the problem here. So I agree. You probably need more from Josh Richardson. He can't go two of for 10. That was a bad night for him. And he needs to find more consistency. I don't know what the Heat should do as far as your question, Kevin. I don't know what the Heat should do at small forward. You've got to let either Richardson or Winslow continue to play at that at that spot and let them grow because that's what this team is doing right now. They are growing. Maybe you can play a little bit of James Johnson at small forward, but that's impossible. Even 
especially when Whiteside's not in, you just need more guys in that front court rotation. I don't know what else you could do. Wayne Ellington, he only played four minutes tonight, but he missed his only shot, and he wasn't very effective. He's not been great in the last several games, um, and his minutes have been reflecting that. Maybe you could play O'Kara White a little bit. He he had some nice minutes. He played uh, 17 minutes, scored six points, made his uh, the three-pointer that he made, was pretty good defensively. Maybe you can experiment with him at small forward. I just don't see any of those other options as something that's better than Josh Richardson or Justice Winslow. What they bring defensively, what they provide as far as transition opportunities, Miami outscored, they scored 15 fast break points compared to Minnesota's six, and that's a lot because of what Winslow and Richardson are able to do. So you just got to, unfortunately, I know that's not what Heat fans want to hear sometimes, but that you've got to just keep rolling them out and hope that they just play better. That's all you can really do. Uh, all right. Quick reminder, make sure that you've subscribed to the Locked on Heat NBA channel, which brings you all 30 Locked on NBA podcasts in one easy-to-follow stream in your podcast app. Our recommendation, subscribe to Locked on Heat so you can get every episode automatically every day. Then subscribe to Lock to the Locked on NBA channel so you can scout Miami's next opponent and keep up with the most interesting storylines in the league. Also, be sure to check out the NFL side like Locked on Dolphins. The Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. All right, I want to get to my spotlight player, and that's going to be Bam Adebayo. Um, the rookie has started the last uh, several games for Miami, and this was by far his best performance of his career so far. It was his first double-double. He had uh, 13 points and 13 rebounds in 30 minutes. He was explosive. He was doing what you wanted from that position. You don't have to call plays for a guy like Bam Adebayo. He is somebody that feasts on second oper- second chance points, uh, little dump-offs below the rim, and that's what he did. He had five dunks in the game. He was 5-9 of nine from the field, so all of his makes were on dunks, and that's exactly kind of what you want out of somebody like that at this point in his career. You're not gonna, you don't necessarily want Bam chucking up long-range jumpers or three-pointers just yet. Um, you want him just kind of being opportunistic, and that's what he was, you know? And uh, he was a nice outlet for guys like Waiters and Dragic driving to the rim. And so that was his the best game of his career offensively and defensively. I was really impressed with him. He was left to guard Carl uh, Anthony Towns at, at the end of regulation, and, and in overtime he was in there. Eric Spolster, he was going offense-defense a lot of times at the end of the game. He would bring in Justice Winslow for defensive Efforts, and then when Miami was back on offense in the last couple of minutes, he'd sub out Justice Winslow for somebody like Tyler Johnson and or Kelly Olynyk, and Bam Adebayo was always in there with the defensive units because of what he was able to do. He's athletic enough to keep up with a guy like Carl Anthony Towns. His defense was good against Towns towards the end of the game, even though Towns had a good game overall, and uh, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. And, and that was the most consistent effort he had. He's shown flashes before, but I was really impressed overall. Just a, a consistent effort and, and somebody that Spolster was able to rely on at the end of games, which is rare for rookies, especially for the Miami Heat, um, a team that tends to shy away from playing rookies in crunch time. Uh, Bam played really well. Really impressed with him. All right. Uh, as far as notes, I don't have many second guesses for this game. I'd like to see... I like to see guys like Justice Winslow be a little bit more aggressive. I thought uh, he was feeling it a little bit in this game. He ended up shooting only five shots 
and made all five of his shots for 10 points. I thought there was chances that he had that he could have just been a little bit more aggressive. And in one um, example specifically, he got a rebound, drove the floor in a semi-transition opportunity, and instead of just continuing to drive towards the rim, which he could have done, he dumped off the ball to uh, Dion Waiters, who just didn't really have much of a running lane. It was kind of an awkward pass, and uh, it, it Winslow should have just pushed the ball down and tried to finish at the rim or maybe kick out if he were able to just continue driving a little bit closer and suck the defense in a little bit more. Um, Bam, I'd like to see him even be a little bit more aggressive. If he's got the shot, I'd like to see him take it if it was a mid-range or a three-point shot. There was a, a point early in the game, I think it was the first quarter, where Bam got the the pass from Goran Dragic, and he immediately put his back to the basket and started to kind of post up on the low block, but there was nobody behind him. Carl Anthony Towns was late on his defensive help, and if Bam was looking for his shot a little bit more, instead of turning around and putting his back to the basket, he would have just dove straight to the rim and, and dunked it or laid it in, and uh, it would have been nice to see him do something like that. So just that hesitation that the Heat have been showing either from three-point range. A lot of pump fakes in this game. Uh, That's not helping them. You want in-rhythm threes. You don't want the pump fake and pass. There is that tendency. Coaches always want, and they preach, pass up the good shot for the great shot. The Heat have a tendency so far early in this season to pass up a great shot for a good shot. They need to just take the shot when it's there. They're, They're a little bit too unselfish right now. So those would be my only notes, but really... um. If they just lock up on defense a little bit more, don't let those those runs get out. Those those two 12-point runs by Minnesota really did them in. Um, but, you know, this was a step in the right direction if you're the Heat. All right, looking to up to what's next, the Heat play Chicago Wednesday at home. Last game of the six-game homestand. Uh, the Bulls are not a good team. That is for That should be a win. And, you know, you can make excuses for... Losses to guy to, to Boston, to San Antonio, to Minnesota. Those are good teams. Chicago's not a good team. That is a game that Miami has to win. It'll be good to get that win right before go- going into the six-game road trip. Um, so that's Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, the Heat play the Bulls on their last game in the six-game homestand. For now, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. You can send mailbag questions for next Monday to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Tweet your questions and comments for our recaps using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Make sure to subscribe to the show to get podcasts automatically every day. Then go to iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Theme song is by CeeLo Keys. Outro music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time.